Many, many moons ago in the mid-19th century, there was a lot of talk in leadership theory that revolved around the idea of the ascent of the great man. White Americans, men namely, loved this idea. They chose their leaders from amongst themselves and esteemed them. George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, Abraham Lincoln. Still today, we love the idea of individual greatness and celebrate it regularly. But what if there is a different kind of leadership, one that allows us to bring all the parts of ourselves to the table, a more relational approach that acknowledges that when we arrive at the workplace or to the dance hall or wherever we go, we are in fact bringing with us the myriad of people who have taught us along the way. I graduate this month from DU, and with that, there is this particular issue of searching for a job. We talk a lot about it. In life, it is the basis for this entire class in many ways. Just look at the questions in this assignment. We are expected to become something, but what? A leader? The only thing I can pin down as truth about leadership, however, is that it cannot happen without others. You must be in community for leadership to exist, and you inevitably bring the people with you who have impacted you from one place to the next. The reality for me is that I've had so many jobs over the years. I've worked as a wildland firefighter, a newspaper reporter, a raft company photographer, a fisherman, a river ranger. Jobs have been a dime a dozen, especially for someone like me coming from a place of privilege and who finds inherent curiosity in exploring almost everything about what it means to be human. My trek to social work can really only be regarded as a tangled web. There is no hierarchy, only the exploration of the various threads and where they may go. I entered through journalism, most significantly through an investigative reporting project I launched to uncover the identity of the person who had slaughtered eight people on a fishing boat in the early 1980s on a remote Alaskan island, and then who disappeared forever. I traveled to that island several times, actually, and with the arrogance of being a young journalist, I thought that even though the state of Alaska had spent millions of dollars and had dedicated thousands of human hours to work the case, I'd somehow be able to show up, put on my detective rubber boots, and wade through the clues to find the killer. I got close enough to incur a few death threats, and plenty of stories, including one involving a mysterious bunker disguised as a 200-foot tower built in the middle of the Alaskan wilderness that houses dozens of case files that haven't been touched in decades, except by me. Mostly, however, what I got with this exploration were hundreds of hours of interviews with people who wanted to tell me that they had no idea who murdered those people, but that the story of their cruel demise reminded them of the worst thing that had ever happened to them. And have you looked into my ex-husband? He's real bad. What I also got was a whole lot of insight in how people carry trauma with them in their memories, within their bodies. The sister of one victim said that for the 30 years after her family was all shot and burned on that boat, she had fears of the killer coming after her in her own bedroom. Would finding this man help her heal? What is the impact of this type of trauma on generations of humans? These became the questions I wanted to answer. My new whodunit. How people feel unsafe in their own lives and what can be done about it. And so here I am, on the eve of my graduation, being asked about leadership, reflecting on the path that led me here and being asked to come up with a vision statement and plan for the future 
as a leader? And I don't know the answers to those either. I do know that for the next few years of my career, things are going to be a wild ride. I'm going down a new path. I am leading my own way. Unlike the narrative of the great man theory of leadership, however, with one individual facing adversity, I have a pack of leaders who surround me, people who have taught me how to be more human, more connected, more safe in the place that I am now. I live in community with them. I consider them my board of directors. Let me introduce you to a few of them. My former fishing boat captain. I was wrecked with seasickness, throwing up the remnants of a breakfast burrito over the side of the boat, half-heartedly picking salmon from the net and operating the boat hydraulics, and yet there I was. I knew he had a watchful eye, careful to ensure I didn't spill overboard into the icy seawater or hack a hand off in my weakened state. With him, I felt safe. My mentor from my first graduate degree in Arctic history died in December. Stomach cancer got him. We were tight friends for over a decade, and my heart is so broken. He was hilarious and bold. When he and the other historians at our university failed to see eye to eye, he simply formed his own department. He created space to explore ideas. What did oil production mean for Alaska? Did Wyatt Earp really gun down a bartender in Nome? We didn't always agree, but with him, I felt safe. Not everyone on my board of directors is at the top rungs of leadership in their fields. At the psych hospital where I interned, the person who trained me was a tall, former college Texas football star, likely hired because he could hold a psychotic patient in restraints single-handedly. One night when we were together, a new patient arrived. He was very distraught, and no one knew how to communicate with him. He was deaf, blind, mute, he had autism, and was very strong. He'd come to us from jail after assaulting his family. But he was also just missing his mommy. And I watched my powerhouse of a co-worker gently convince him to get into bed, tuck a blanket around him, and console him to sleep. He said, if that's what it takes to get him calm, I'm happy to do it every night. With him, the patient and I both felt safe. To me, this is what leadership is. It's the ability to make those around you feel safe. Whether that means helping others find personal healing and meaning in tragedy like a mass murder, ensuring physical safety on the high seas, creating space for exploring ideas, or allowing for connection and comfort. The ability to do all of this is leadership. Making others feel safe is leadership. And always carrying with us the people who have taught us how to be in community with one another is leadership.